Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. All right. Here we are. Another fantabulous episode after a week off. Now, the, the week off was entirely because of me, but that's okay. No, we're tired. It's a hard week. It was a hard week. For both of us, really, it was a hard week. Um, but here we are back again, and I have a new computer. You got a new computer a while ago, but I've got a new one now. And I'm learning the ins and outs of this fabulous new computer, um, which took a little bit to figure out. I mean, obviously, Zoom is still Zoom. Record is still record. But, you know, where did things go? What? Where are all my things from the old I, computer? I might sound really not with it, but I still don't understand the concept of how OneDrive works. True. I, I it's this I it's in the cloud. What like Mount Sinai? Like I don't know what that means. Absolutely. What is the cloud the pillar of cloud by day. That's the pillar right. of fire by night. And I swear okay. I can never find anything. Like where actually I you know what? So I'll probably this is a boomer mentality maybe, but I put every single thing I save on my desktop until I'm done with it because I will not find it hidden in the clouds. Will not do it. Can't can't live I, like that. I can teach you how to how to do you that. You might have to because I, I feel okay. dumb every time. So I'm saving <laughs> now everyone knows I'm saving everything to my desktop until I'm done with it. So do you have one of those desktops that's covered? No, I have them in very neatly organized folders on my oh, desktop well at least you do that folders are yes. better than just across the screen no that's Although, my husband fair, half and of I... my screen is covered on the desktop so no i put them in neatly neatly found folders but i do not try to find anything on a OneDrive because i will not fair it's like trekking without a map i have no idea what i'm doing That's not what we're talking about today, though. No, no, not even a little bit. But I will tell you that now people are going to just think that we're old. <laughs> and, well, and I'm, and I'm actually, I'm, yeah, I'm older than you. So, like, I should be the one saying, what is this OneDrive? What is the cloud? No, I'm, a, I'm an old, I'll say I'm an old millennial. So yeah. I grew up with technology, but not enough to do it well. Fair. And I'm a young Gen X. See? Well, there you go. Now people can do the I, math. Which I will claim to my dying day that I am Gen X and not Millennial because I'm Gen X. That's <laughs> and that's a very Gen X thing to say. So there you go. Correct. <laughs> anyway, moving right along, um, we're actually going to take, uh, take a little bit of a break from the first John. Uh, we'll come back to that. I promise. We'll get back there. But uh, I had a fabulous uh, Sunday morning. We're recording on Sunday, friends, uh, Sunday evening. And I had a beautiful Sunday uh, in service today. Um, just absolutely beautiful service. Beautiful time to have a, a good uh, conversation with the core and the people. And it was just awesome. And it stemmed. We're, so we're going to talk about kind of what I talked about in the sermon today. Because uh, one of the things I actually kind of bounced the sermon idea off of Amanda before Sunday even happened. We kind of talked about it. I actually did props, like actual craft, like visual aids for the sermon and got some pointers yesterday as I was assembling those, engineering them uh, from Amanda. And we had a good conversation. And 
So we wanted to talk about that because one, it's fresh in our minds. And two, because neither one of us actually read First John and we're just going to openly admit that. And so we're going to do this thing that instead. Just, so. that, that's just saying we want to be prepared and we don't want to wing it. So we're going to, that's what you meant to say. Correct. <laughs> Thank you for that correction. All right. So I was in the book of Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesians uh, that, that uh, the Apostle Paul wrote. And at the end of that book, in chapter six, uh, Paul talks extensively describing this armor of God. And we're focusing in on one piece to that armor today um, and how it relates to corporate life in the church meaning with other people because uh-huh. right the christian christianity christians were not meant to be islands i am to- a rock Sorry. yeah you know that got brought up in church Did it? yeah oh it. yeah in fact somebody said we should sing that and i said no because we're not islands <laughs> point of fact we're not so uh can't sing that song anyway moving right along so ephesians chapter six starting at verse 10 We're going to end at verse 18. So if you do have Bibles, you want to look it up, that's where we're at. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18. I read last time. You want to read this time? I would be delighted. Do you have a particular version? Nope. Okay, I got an IV. An IV is great. Yep. All right. Armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the blessed breast plate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you will can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I almost made it through with a uh, out tongue twisting, but oh, there it was. I had the same the same challenge this morning when I was reading it at oh, church. That makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so this is this is a fantastic passage of scripture, friends. I I highly recommend reading through it a few times. This description of an armor of God, which I think we should probably touch on sometime down the road. Um, today we're just kind of pulling out one piece to this puzzle, but I think we can kind of revisit this down the road but this actually stems from now you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do this differently um the thing that we want to focus on is verse 16 which is in addition to all this so in addition to the belt of truth in addition to the breastplate of righteousness in addition to the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel so in addition to those three things you need to take up the shield of faith. Mm-hmm. And we need to, so one of the things that, that I think is important is to understand that it, this is the shield of faith 
first of all, I think how cool is it that the Salvation Army picked a shield as their logo? I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Like, how cool is that? But think about what a shield is. What's, what is a shield for? A shield is to protect you from enemy attack, right? Whether yeah. that be arrows or a sword or a javelin or a whatever the enemy is trying to throw at you. A shield is to protect you so that you can then attack back with your, with your sword, right? Yep. And when we think about how we are defensive, defensive uh, how do we defend ourselves from these fiery arrows of the evil one, we do so with the shield of faith. Now, mm-hmm. think about a shield. Um, one of the things, I love fantasy books and TV series and movies, right? This this concept of elves and dwarves and <laughs> this epic battle between good versus evil, right? Lord of the Rings style epicness, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you think about the soldiers, the battles in those in those epic, you know, whether it's Lord of the Rings as the book or the movie, I think the book's better, but that's usually my take on, yeah. on most things. If you think of what a soldier does with their equipment, specifically their, you know, their armor, but then also their shield, you won't find a, sh- a soldier who's in the middle of a battle with his shield on the ground leaning against his leg. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Because it's not going to be, like, helpful. Right? Yeah. Yeah, what's it going to do? I mean, just useless. I also get the vision of Captain America, right, with his shield. Right, yep. Right. If he just, even if he just left it slung on his back, you know, it doesn't, what is it? I mean, I guess if he's running away, it would be helpful. I guess. But only in retreat would a shield on your back be helpful, right? But if you're pressing forward to take hold of the the prize, which Christ Jesus has blazed the trail for of hebrews chapter 12 um but anyway if you're going forward you need to keep that shield up um in fact i think i was i think it was a tv series epic fantasy thing or or movie that i was watching where the soldier every time he put the shield on the ground he'd get yelled at like no you gotta you gotta keep it up you gotta keep holding it yes it's gonna be heavy at first because you gotta get your muscles red you know trained to be able to hold Mm -hmm. that shield but that's what our faith is and and a lot of times we live our lives with our shield of faith on the ground Mm -hmm. we try to do things on our own we try to do things our own way we try we the last resort we pick up our faith and we pray because i think of the shield of faith as prayer Mm as one aspect of it. It's not the only aspect. It's also obviously faith. So trusting in the Lord, placing your, mm-hmm. your wholehearted trust in Jesus to do what he said he was going to do. Yeah. When I, when I look at the shield of faith, I'm thinking of, because I'm thinking about those arrows. Yeah. And so when I think of the shield and I'm thinking of it, you know, over and these things are hitting me, when I think of the shield of faith, I think I'm trusting it to be enough. Yeah. You know? Well, not like, only that, So one of the things that we talked about today was that in the Old Testament, so this is the only reference to shield in the New Testament, only time, once, Okay. all the New Testament. However, the word shield is over 20 times in the Old Testament. 
Okay. A ladder in Psalms, but it talks about God is our shield. Mm-hmm. And so while our shield of faith is going to help from those fiery arrows of the evil one, we also can trust that if ours isn't sufficient, right? Because it says, God says, Jesus says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, to me, that's not a very strong shield, right? Right. (laughs) But if Jesus says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain move from here, right? Because we understand ultimately protection from the evil one is because God ultimately is our shield. Right? Yeah. But we still need to pick up our shield because that's God has asked us. Well, to. that's a good point. Because it's not a it's not a faith in an abstract term. Oh, just have faith. Right. It's it's because it, in it's in the in what? Correct. So it's I have faith in God. I have faith in my deliver you know it's not right. just an arbitrary oh just faith right i could have faith in a lot that of faith. faith and believe is thrown is batted about in the realm mm-hmm. of the world and i don't think it means what most people think it means yeah like i don't i don't believe in that <laughs> fill in the blank with that man i yeah. i'm not even gonna touch that with a 10-foot pole but right. like, oh, okay um, but this is and also you can't hold you can't hold your shield of faith on behalf of someone else. They have yeah. to have their own shield of faith. Right? Because you can't believe for someone else. They right. have to believe for themselves. They have yeah, to you carry might, you their might own get a shield. sliver in. Right. If they're trying to grouch it with you, you know. Right, right. We're gonna talk at that too, but but you still have to have your own shield. It might be a tiny shield. Until it grows, until you grow in the Lord, until you you get to know him better, you deepen that relationship, then I think your shield will grow. Again, sometimes metaphors don't work to their mm. ends, right? It this this reminded me of, of an analogy, well, a true life story my dad shared with me once. Okay. So how my dad, like many children of his era, learned how to swim was by being thrown into giant bodies of water. Okay. Now, for my dad, it worked. He found his bearings, figured out how to make it work. Yep. Now, when his younger brother, however, was learning how to swim, and it was his turn to get thrown on, my dad uh, was in the water, and Harry is my uncle's name, gets thrown in by my grandfather, And Harry is having a really, really hard time. So my dad swims over to him. And in his panic, my uncle grabs my dad and is holding his head underwater, trying to get his own bearings. And so so my dad is trying to keep his head above surface Mm -hmm. and not die while he's trying to pull him under, you know. And the whole time he's thinking, I can't. I can't be his support. You know, I can't, I can't swim on his behalf. Right. Because it's drowning both of us. Right. You know, and he, and I I remember my dad telling me a story about that. I don't just came to mind, but about Mm -hmm. when you try to hold people's ground for them. Yeah. When they should be doing their own work. Right. So he was trying to keep his brother's essentially head above water, but all he was doing was pushing both of them. Right under you know and i think when we try to 
do things in faith on behalf of another person, it really just brings you both down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, think about this is taken in a different way than I expected, but I love it. In Matthew chapter 25, mm-hmm. Jesus tells the parable of the 10 virgins. Do you remember this story? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So the 10 virgins, they all go out. They're waiting for the bridegroom to come. And the bridegroom is just late in coming. And so they all fall asleep. Yep. And then late, late, late into the night, the call goes out. The bridegroom is on his way. The bridegroom is on his way. So everybody wakes up. And the 10 virgins are there and they're ready to receive the bridegroom. But five of them were wise and brought extra oil for their lamps. Mm-hmm. Five, however, were foolish and they did not bring extra oil for their lamps, thinking that they would have sufficient oil yeah. to last them until the bridegroom comes. But the wise ones, being prepared in case the bridegroom tarried longer than they expected, had extra. So the foolish vet virgins say, hey, give us some of yours so that we have enough. And the wise virgins say, hey, If we give you some of ours, then we might not have enough for us. And at the end of the day, if they would have shared, it's possible that everybody would have then run out. Right. So they said, no, no, no. You need to go find whoever's selling oil and go get some of your own. And I was reading a very interesting uh, book talking about that parable. And the author said, that that's one of the meanings of that is that you can't by your faith bring someone else to the heaven. Uh They have to have faith on their own. They have to have the oil as it were in their lamps. They have to make that decision in Jesus. You can't believe them into heaven as much as we would like to right now. People that I know who do not have trust in Jesus, that I want firmly, passionately to believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. But you can't believe someone into heaven. Yeah. So you can't give your shield of faith to someone else. Like they have to have their own. But what we can do, and this is what we talked about in our in our service today, and actually I'm going to bring it up with with kind of what even started the conversation was uh and this is gonna for those of you who watch these kinds of things you're gonna be right right with me for those who don't i'm sorry bear with me but there's a fantastic epic fantasy series called the wheel of time by robert jordan and amazon prime has put together a live action uh tv show for this book and they just came out with season two. And so I was watching season two. I was watching the first episode in season two. And you have these, these young people who were all from this same little village uh-huh. called Two Rivers, which everybody at church today thought was hilarious because at, right next to Manitowoc, there's a town called Two Rivers. And so they're like, what? Two Rivers? That's crazy. I said, yeah. So everybody, all these kids, are, they're young adults. Okay are from this village called Two Rivers. And they're caught up in this prophecy where all of these, all of them have some part to play in this epic final battle of good versus evil, right? And so they kind of get 
identified and brought to kind of the capital city and then mm-hmm. dis- and then they kind of disperse based on kind of what where they need to go based on who they are, what their skill set is and stuff. And there's this gentleman named Perrin and Perrin uh, was a blacksmith and he gr- oh, joins this group of soldiers. And so he's writing a letter to two of the girls who were in that little group and they ended up going to this tower to train uh, for magical powers that they have. They have access to these to these powers and so they're training. But he writes them a letter and in this letter he talks about how you know he's training with these soldiers and there's just something about you know the sword and the shield and the spear and he's learning the tactics and the techniques of being a soldier. And he said, if there's one soldier with one sword and one shield, they're very vulnerable. They have a lot of exposed parts, right? Huh? And so you can be attacked from multiple directions. But if you have your brothers, in this case, they're all men in this soldiery, uh, your men in arms can protect you on your right and your left, right? And you can you can build kind of a shield wall. You can interconnect your shields and protect one another from enemy fire right okay and i immediately was like dude that's exactly what it is to be in the church <laughs> yeah to have faith our, our shield of faith together as a body of believers interlocked praying for one another to help protect each other from the flaming arrows of the enemy right again because everything that we're doing in the body of christ is meant to be like you said before we're not islands it's meant to be um as that saying is for the we not the me right everything that we have every gift that we have every um you know measure of grace that we have is not just for us yeah unfortunately our western mindset tends towards the individual but that's not how scripture is designed it's designed for the collective right every no we are we are as strong as the weakest among us right that's why Mm -hmm. this is you know, yeah. This might take us in a weird direction, Jenny. But what do you think? <laughs> I can't. I can't think of chapter and verse, but where it says, um, you know, um, every every person is given their measure of faith. Yeah. Only live up to no. Well, that's that one's too. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I'm just throwing you off, of course, now, but. Since you preached on it, I figure. <laughs> Possibly Romans 12. Let me check. Romans 12, 3. Yes. Yeah. So for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Right. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, we, so you could argue each one of our shields is maybe a little bit different in size or shape. Okay. But again, if we're praying for one another um, and interlocking, you know, maybe today I'm struggling. You know, mm-hmm. we talked last week, my, I was struggling, right? But we, mm-hmm. we prayed for me and that was awesome. Because in that time, in that moment, I I needed somebody to pray for me, right? Because in that moment, I was I was weak. I was like, look, I've, I'm having a rough day. Like, I can't do this. I'm very frustrated. I'm very stressed. I'm very, very stressed, right? And that's mm-hmm. 
that's where we can, as a community of believers, be each other's shield wall, right? In a yeah. shield wall. So in a traditional, if you, I did a lot of research because one, it's just fascinating. You get, I get on a, I get on a thing. I'm like a dog with a bone, right? And so in, in Roman times, which is where this term comes from, it's a Roman term for a shield. It's a four, uh, four pointed shield. It's a, it's a rectangle. They would make these Roman formations called the Roman tortoise. Mm -hmm. And so you had the front row, which was straight on to the enemy. And then you had the second row and third row actually putting their shields up above so that the enemy fire couldn't just go up and over the shields because you were protected from the top. And I said, why do you think it was called a, a tortoise? And they said, oh, because of the shell, because of the, you know, the protection. And then one person said, because they moved slow, which is true. Right. They probably did move slow because you had to you had to move in step with your partners, with everybody together. However, there's a nice, wonderful African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Right. And that's where, you know, sometimes you are feeling weak. Sometimes you are struggling. Sometimes you're stressed and you just need somebody to lift you up. And we can do that by praying for one another. And how awesome is the family of believers when we can do that for one another? Now, Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 18, Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going to go there so I get it right. Here, hang on a second. Matthew, right. I don't want to misquote it because I wanted to get this one right. You know this one. It's, it's, I know you know this one. All right. Again, I tell you, this is Matthew 18, verse 19. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. Mm -hmm. And so think about this with our shield wall, friends. We need people in our lives who can be that wall for us when, when we're struggling. And we can be the wall for them when they're struggling. Or maybe we're neither one of us is struggling and we can be that wall for somebody else who is. But it's the idea that that together we have a better chance of extinguishing the fiery arrows from the evil one. Because together we can pray for one another. We can encourage one another. That's why it says a few times in scripture, when you come together, sing psalms hymns and spiritual songs to one another, encouraging one another, yes. lifting one another up. In James chapter five, it says, come together, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. And the whole of scripture, Jesus tells his disciples, they'll know you're my disciples yes. by your love for one another. And so, go ahead. We just talked a little bit about this in my congregation today. So we're in the fruits of the spirit. I think I mentioned before today was kindness. Um. Mm -hmm. Which, to be fair, is not my favorite fruit of the spirit. <laughs> Seriously? Well, I mean, not in the well, way that people think. Oh, just got to in this. Gentleness. Gentleness. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm actually also making my congregants sing that. So we did have a thing along today. But, um, fruit of the spirit probably... not a coconut. Sorry. <laughs> if you're looking for a coconut, you might as well hear it. It isn't a fruit of the spirit. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> i'm getting uh sidetracked sorry it's getting late it's getting late for uh but for kindness um we're talking about all of those tropes that um people think about when they think about christians you know um 
you know, Christians are hypocrites or they are judgmental or um, they're greedy or they're they're two-faced or they're only in it for themselves or all of these different kinds of things, all these different kinds of measures. Um, and there's a reason why sometimes church or Christians um, or have have that kind of mentality. Um, and it's because it's true sometimes. There are bodies of people who claim to be believers that do do that to people, that, that do you know, just look down on people and shun people and um, cast um, stones on, on people. And so talking about this type of um, kindness um, really is, you know, we talked about from, Gal from Galatians uh, chapter six, but it is about lifting one another up, bearing one another's burdens. Kindness isn't just about being in nice. There's nothing, right. yeah. there's nothing in, nothing substantial about being nice that's not right it's not there's a whole phrase is. minnesota nice well yes which is really uh minnesota passive aggressive yes which which can happen even in the body of christ when we get into that well if i can't say something nice i just won't say anything but that doesn't do anything for the kingdom of heaven right it really doesn't we have to be able to be people who can um, you know, hold on to our own shield and be secure in it so that when my brother and sister is getting heavy with theirs, mm -hmm. right, we can be there. We right. can support. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, my shield can help your shield. No, not forever. Correct. You're going to have to hold it at some point. <laughs> right. But, but for those moments, right. Mm -hmm. You ever bet? No, I like, no, you like fantasy movies. I actually love war movies. Okay. And one of my favorite moments in a, in a war movie is when all hope seems lost. They're in the trenches. It's usually raining. Someone's got their arm shot off, you know, and everything seems hopeless. And, and all the enemy all thinks they've won, you know. And then there's like one person. It's even better when it's been like the one that's been like kind of on the outskirts or made fun of a little bit. But they dig deep into themselves and they're like, no, we will rise, you know, and they like kind of hype everybody up and they go in for like one last final. Ah, we're going to take it, you know? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, that just gets my like, yeah, I'm like, I'll fire in all cylinders. Like when I'm like, <laughs> like, let's go. But we can do that in the body of Christ. Absolutely. We, we really can. Yes. And. When people's faith is slipping, it generally only takes one to go back and say, no, we, we gotta, we gotta get past, we gotta dig deeper. This is not our end, right? Right. God is for us. Who can be against us? Even if they kill our bodies, they cannot kill our souls, you know, <laughs> that whole thing. And, um, and I think if we could really go to bat for people in that way. Yeah. And um, so today in kindness, I, I quoted the great theologian, Mr. Rogers. Okay. Which I do, you know, I, th I, I think mean, Mr. Rogers is a great theologian. Absolutely. <laughs> but he talked, he said, can you imagine a, your neighborhood if every person just gave one kind word to another? What would that look like? Right. World changing. Yeah. 
and not just nice and kind, like true. Right. <laughs> there definitely is a distinct difference between nice and kind. Yeah. And genuine kindness. When you when you experience genuine kindness from someone, I think it stops you. Mm. Yeah. Like, did that just happen? Was that real? Yeah. That person just, oh my gosh. And it, it often can make your day. So I, I joke a little bit. I tease my husband a lot. Um, but he does have this way when we're arguing. Yeah. Now, generally, he's never arguing because he's German. So. Okay. <laughs> so he's just sitting there being quiet while I'm, you know, a raving lunatic. But when he, when he, um, he'll generally, he'll just look at me at part of it and he'll just say, I don't know what's going on with you right now. I don't know what's behind this, but I'm choosing, I'm going to choose to love you through it. And I know we're going to get through it. Now, in the moment, that sucks, and I matter, because what? But, and when the push comes to shove, I know he means that. Right. Right, that even though I may not, you know, be being kind and I'm mad for whatever reason, he's saying this isn't the defining thing of our character of our relationship. Right. You know, and I'm just reminding you of where I am in this, you know. And, and I think God does that for us all the time. Yeah. You know, cause I, he, cause I think God gives us the great to, to say things are hard. I am burdened. Yeah. And I think it's fair to own that. I, I don't, I don't believe in the Christian trope that you have to pretend like everything's all right. Or if there's some bad things in your life that somehow it means you're corrupt sinner and you pissed off God somewhere. Right. I don't know if I can say that on this, but <laughs> We just did. But, <laughs> I did. But, you know, because because that can happen too. But to say like, God, this is really hard. Yeah. My faith is slipping. Yeah. I want to believe, but I'm finding it hard. Because all of these things are coming against me, right? Mm -hmm. And when we, when we can say that to the people that we love, you know, like when we're struggling with each other, we have that. And I, and I hope everybody can find that yes because it's really a gift to say my faith is slipping right now and i know when i tell you that you're not gonna say oh what have you called have you called our boss and tell him you can't be a preacher anymore because you're struggling you know right um no you'll say well that's not the defining thing of of your walk with god right <laughs> so let's yeah done yet. yeah you're not you know let's rally behind let's look at things in their proper context, right. we'll get through it. Why? Yeah. Because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the body of Christ. We have the gift of faith that has been given to us um, and the measure. And the thing about our measure of faith is it can grow. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you might have started out with a mustard seed, but do you know what happens to mustard seeds when they're planted? They grow. To huge. They're huge. Yeah. They're like trees. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it says that it goes yeah. to be one of the biggest plants in the garden. Yeah. So they don't stay as mustard seeds. I think that's sometimes where we think about this faith and mustard seeds. You know, I just need that. Like, yeah, but they don't stay that way. They get cultivated. Yeah. 
Indeed. You know? mm. Two completely different sermons. The title. Yeah, no, almost, almost like we're reading from the same book. Wait, what? <laughs> we are reading from the same book. We're also serving yep. the same God. Yep. Um, <laughs> and if we follow Jesus, there are going to be bad days. There are going to be good days. There are going to be days when you're like, what on earth is happening? Uh, there's a psalm for that, by the way, too. I feel like I need to do a sermon series that, you know, because there's there's the phrase, there's an app for that. Right? Have you heard that phrase? Like, yep. whatever is happening, you're like, oh, there's an app for that. I would say, oh, whatever you're feeling, oh, there's a psalm for that. Uh, because there's <laughs> there's psalms of lament. There's psalms of praise. There's psalms of my life sucks. I want to die. There's psalms of battle life cries. is fabulous. What? Battle cries. Battle right. cries. Uh, there's psalms for every occasion under the sun. And there's also Ecclesiastes, which is great too. Uh, which is the under the sun thing. But um, also a Beatles song, which they stole from the Bible. Just FYI. Uh, but <laughs> God is big enough to take our good days with our bad days. Yep. And he's created us to live in community in such a way that we can bear each other's burdens. Doesn't mean, you know, and that when you're talking in Galatians, it cracks me up because within like a couple verses, it says, brothers, you know, if anyone is caught, you who are spiritual should restore him, bear mm -hmm. each other's burdens. But then it says, but each one should carry their own load. Yeah. Like back to back phrases. And I think, I think the Bible's really good at understanding that life isn't always a yes in this circumstance or a no in that circumstance. Okay. That there are moments that because life is messy and complicated and complex, where you might be in the exact same or a similar situation, but that day with that person, the answer was no. But next week with a different person, the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. And it's because life is messy. It's because life is complex. It's because actually no two situations are identical. There's always a myriad of factors that go into it. So there are times when, yeah, you should bear each other's burdens. You should be a shield wall, helping your mm -hmm. neighbor with their, you know, shield and praying for them and, and things. And then there are other times when you, that enables them and they're not learning and growing. And so you need to say, no, you need to carry your own load. You need to carry your own burdens in this situation because you're not growing. You're not learning. And me, in fact, I will, I will tell this story. I think I've told it before. Um, but when I was coming to the Lord, I, it was a process because I'm very stubborn. But my friend, um, the, the night I gave my heart to the Lord, the night I surrendered to Jesus, that morning we had planned to go for a walk in a park to talk because I still had questions. I still wanted to converse. I still wanted to debate. And so we get in that park and she said to me, Jenny, I've been praying for discernment to how to have a, how to have this conversation with you, because I know that you still have things you want to ask me. And I know there's still questions you're going to ask that I don't know the answers to, but the Lord told me this morning that I'm not to answer a single one of your questions anymore. Wow. Like I'm done. You've asked your last, like, you, you know, everything there is to know, 
to make the decision for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now it's between you and God. I'm done. I'm out of it. I'm pulling out. I'm. If you want to have any more questions, you go straight to the Lord. You don't need to go through me. You can go to him. And you know what that forced me to do? Because I didn't want to go to the Lord. I wanted to go to her because right. that was a safe place. I didn't have to make any hard decisions. I didn't have to literally go to the creator of the universe like, I, I got knew at that point. What? <laughs> I got some things I'd like to run across. <laughs> um, and by her saying no to me, I'm not going to answer your questions anymore, forced me to bear my own load. Forced me that night mm. to go to the Lord and eventually surrender. Mm. And so there are times in our lives when we help each other, we pray for each other always. There's right. never a time I don't think, although Jeremiah was told not to pray for the people, but I don't remember any other occurrence in scripture where God says, don't pray for the people. So we pray for each other. We help each other out. But sometimes God gives us discernment yeah. to say, you need to bear your own load in this circumstance. Yeah. I also noticed we both have yellow walls. My walls are was- green, actually. Oh, yours, your walls are green? Yeah, it's kind of like a lime color. Oh, that definitely doesn't come across in the video. Yeah, I'm noticing on our videos they do look alike. But yeah. Mine are mustard yellow, so that's super fun. I mean, I guess they're in the same palette. That's uh, Sorry, guys, that's very random, but that's how my brain works. It's just observations that I make. Well, we get to look at each other when we do this. True. Yeah, you guys are just stuck listening to our voices. <clears throat> Sorry about that. That's, I think that they're much better if we're not having to. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> it's about that time. It's about that time, friend. We need to conclude, wrap this up. What a fabulous conversation. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for meeting with me and praying for me this week. And I think you're cool. I like being it. a friend. Yeah. And thanks for the conversation on our sermons today. Cause I think sometimes this helped also, cause we, I think we're able to extrapolate our sermons a little bit. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Well, next week I'll be talking about goodness. Goodness. Ooh. Yeah. So next week I will be at craft camp. Oh, well, all right then. So I will be sorting and cleaning Lego pieces. Nice. I wish I was at craft camp. Like a 27 gallon tub of Lego pieces. I have to get to crafting because, uh, so one of the hobbies that I used to do all the time, but I've since fallen away from a little bit was historical reenacting. Mm-hmm. But my son is going, my oldest son is going to be going with his grandfather and being like his grandfather's assistant for a week at a rendezvous. Mm. So I now have to out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Because you just said the word rendezvous. Sorry. And I'm confident that there are people listening who do not understand that word in context. So it is a, so if you, you're familiar with civil war reenactments. Indeed. So this is like that, but for the French fur trade. So mid Northern Midwest, French Canadian, uh, fur fur trade route with Native Americans. So, voyagers from French Canada, Canada, um, 
trading with Native Americans and this kind of establishing that. And like, we're talking well, intense reenactments. Yes, like you don't bring modern things with you. Like you live like you would live. The only difference is there's a lot more women that go that would have then would have actually been there, which would have right. been really none. Um, but um, yeah, so you live like a fur trapper. There you go. And so, so, so my son is going, my dad uh, goes to these and sells his wood burnings and sketches people in period the way that you would have on parchment, you know, birch and stuff. And yeah. my son's going to go and kind of be his assistant, nice. which he has not been since he was an infant. So his clothes do not fit anymore. What? <laughs> since he is no longer an infant. So I am, I have, I'm weaving him a belt as we speak in bootstraps on my loom. And then I'm going to be taking some old bed sheets and making him uh, an outfit. I already have a wool blanket jacket for him and I have to get him some canvas pants that I have to make, you know, with a little butt flap and everything. Well, there you go. So Dad. I wish I was going to craft camp for undivided time to do that, but I have to find it other places. Indeed. Awesome. <laughs> oh, this was fun. All right, friend. Uh, I think you've had plenty of final words. How's that? Are you good with that? I have, except for I did want to share one. Okay, final word. We were talking about songs, and I so I was just overhearing my children in the car because you know when you're driving your kids, they forget that you like are also there when they get wrapped up in their own world. Yeah. But they were having a conversation about the difference between a doctorate and a doxology. And uh, and my oldest son says, "Oh, you don't even know anything. A doctrine is what you know, and doxology is when you sing what you know." Whoa! I was like, hmm. yeah, all right. Doctrine is, yeah, all right. Good job, Chet. That's so, fantastic. Anyway. Praise God from the, oh, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> uh, moving right along. God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. All right. We'll catch you guys next time.